Hi, this is Summer Moore, and you're listening to Pop Culture Addicts. Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts, the weekly show that brings you interviews and discussions with people in our pop culture world. You know, that means we get to talk more about movies, more music, more video games, and more. (laughs) Don't miss a week. You never know who's going to be our next guest. So, okay, addicts, are you ready for your pop culture fix? Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Addicts. Our guest today is an actor, writer, producer, and most importantly, she's a content creator. And now recently she released a nine episode show called Pandemic Pillow Talk. And we're here to talk with her about that today. That really shows some sides of online dating that maybe some of you are already aware of. Maybe some of these things are things that maybe you realize got heightened during the pandemic. And maybe your mom too wanted you to date Chris Evans. But <laughs> either way, we are very happy and excited to welcome Summer Moore to Pop Culture Addicts. Welcome to the show, Summer. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for joining us. We're excited. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, so before we talk about the show, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your backstory because Kathleen and I, and I don't know if you've noticed it from my background, but we're kind of nerds and uh, <laughs> we love a good origin story for our heroes. So if you would, please. Help us see what was the inspiration in your life to want to pursue a career in the performing arts. Oh, that's um, a long question. I will say from a very young age, I knew I wanted to act. I would put on plays for my family with my little sister. And that was just kind of in my genes, even though nobody else in my family acts. So I don't know where that really came from. I, I must be adopted or whatever. So um, maybe from another planet, if we want like a really cool backstory and I was pitched here and later I'm going to find out my purpose. So, um, and then as my career went with the industry, I mean, I went through uh, acting in plays and coming out to Los Angeles to go to college at University of Southern California, but I knew I wanted to act and I majored in environmental studies to get a real degree so I could fall back on something if acting didn't work out. And then it basically progressed into uh, writing and then producing because of various things, not necessarily all good, but, uh, Mm -hmm. and then really the producing came about from, I just, I'm tired of waiting around for my career to be happening for other people to give me the opportunity. So I'm gonna start making my own stuff. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's not nothing really cool like a cool backstory. I could make a fake one no. if you want me to do that. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I, I honestly, I, I love the honesty of the backstory uh, because you know if you think about it, you know, I think it was Milton Berle that said if uh, the door, uh, if you knock, you, something about if you anyway, if the door doesn't open, build the door, something like that. Oh, I, this is a really got away from you. It really did get away from me because I thought <laughs> I had it on the tip of my tongue and it just went it went awry so badly. Uh, anyway, there's a fantastic quote out there from Milton Berle about, you know, making your own opportunity. Oh, no, that's funny. And so I encourage you guys, you know. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Okay. There, see, right. that's why I keep, that's what kind of why I keep her around. Oh, she there was. Fixes all, my mad Google skills. Yeah. yeah, you fix a lot of my errors <laughs> and issues. But I, I do love the honesty of your story because I think it shows the drive and the hunger that you had to do the things that you're doing. You know, I think a lot of times some people they sit around, you know, waiting for their ship to come in, you know? And so instead I, I liked the fact that you pursued the ship and you, you, you didn't wait for it. You went and made it Thank and you. you're, yeah, and you're that, working for it. 
Thank you. That's very true. A lot, we got told very early on with my acting career of like, we were in classes and they would tell all of us actors, you guys are a business and you've got to start doing your social media and you're a product and you have to be, you have to do a business. You can't just wait for your agent to get you work. And if I had waited for my agent to get work, I don't know that I would have any credits, to be honest with you. I think everything's come from my effort. That's awesome. That's crazy. It's harder. It's definitely harder that way because you don't have as many opportunities as being able to go audition for big stuff. But, you know, it's um, the indie world's um, a lot harder. I think work unless, yeah, in general, I think probably most of the people who have connections are not going into the indie world. They're going into the studio world. Sure. But you know what, though? I, I think it's like anything else in life. If it's something that you've built, if it's something that you've pursued, it's something that you that you built off those the you know the the power of your back the sweat off your off your forehead you know this is something that you're going to appreciate more and other than something that that's handed to you um you know i think that applies to everything in life because you know i think about the kids that i went to high school with who you know had everything handed to them they don't appreciate it you know still i mean i'm in my 40s and looking back i see them around now they still don't appreciate the things in life Mm -hmm. that i've had to work for in mm-hmm. my life and, and to get in my life and, and all these different things. So I think that's very applicable across the board, whether it's, you know, you want to be a car salesman, you want to be an actor, you want to be a, a painter, whatever it is. If you're working for it, I think you appreciate it more because you worked for it. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. So you mentioned your credits. I'm looking through your IMDb. I'm impressed on how many you have both in front of and behind the camera. That's, that is, imp- it's incredible. I mean, for somebody who's got, this show and our other podcast as my only imdb credits i think it's really cool <laughs> well thank you it's been, it's i mean i've had a long career out here and i've worked really hard to get those credits so yeah yeah thank so, you i appreciate it how much does it help as an actor as a writer as a producer whatever to have experience on both sides of things do you think that it helps you be a better producer and help you be a better actor because you know how things work Wonderful question. I love that. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Yes, absolutely. Um, I will say it's very interesting to be able to hop in between the two. Uh, When I'm as a producer, just producing, managing people, um, actors, you'll see actors that have these prima donna attitudes and they can't like even respond to emails or do things. And you're just like, they they have these, some of these have these like personas, like they can't do the business side of things because they're an actor. And from me being an actor, I'm like, dude, I I am an actor. I know that you can, you can't just write this off. Like I'm just the talent kind of attitude, but it helps me to be able to deal. I think with a lot of the crew, I've done a lot of positions. I've been a first assistant director. I've been, I mean, I've worn as many as like 15 different job titles on a project. Mm -hmm. So being able to be in all of those positions, then I can be empathetic to the crew as well as the cast. And then being able to flip in between the cast to the crew, um, it really helps you appreciate. I think really the shadow programs that like any kind of any job does where they say, hey, we're going to let you go see how it is to be a cashier or walk in the shoes of whatever, whatever. is so wonderful because you don't really know what they're dealing with until you've experienced it. So I think from the producing side, that really helps me because I've walked in so many people's shoes mm-hmm. that I can go, all right, I understand where they're coming from. And the people who have not have only either produced or only acted or only done their one position really have no awareness of 
be being able to walk in their shoes to know exactly what they're going through from that standpoint. So I think it's absolutely hundred percent awesome. very helpful. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that it would be that you're not just like you said with the prima donna actors who are the, Oh, I can't do that. Cause I'm an actor. No, you you've got all of it. You can be a prima donna actor if you need to be, but you can also be a producer and a writer. Yeah. And sometimes having those different hats comes in handy. Yeah. And it made me think of like a film that I was doing and I was producing. I was also the lead actress and I was the writer and the producer worked for a big studio and he hadn't really done indie before. And he said to me, Oh, um, he kept making me do script changes and I'm the only producer on it as well. So I'm organizing a lot of people don't know what producers do, but I'm in charge of like everything and managing the whole production and the crew and all that stuff. And he kept making me make these changes and I can't learn my lines. I can't, I'm not being able to produce because I'm focusing. And finally I said, how long are you expecting me to be doing these changes for a film but for your lead actor. And he was like, oh, up until the last night. And I said, I can't do this. Like I can't produce and I can't keep writing and then learn my lines and be on set the next day and shoot a film. So, and we were doing like 11 pages, which is a lot to shoot in a day. It wasn't just like one page learning one page of dialogue. Right. So, so I think like Whoa. that is a prime example of a producer that has no awareness of, okay, you can't expect me to learn my lines the next morning for 11 pages and nail it. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. I'm I mean, impressed that somebody like could read full size pages. They're not like yeah. no. they're, like, they're not film. like post-it, they're not like post-it notes. So right. you know, right. I'm impressed with the entire film, sorry, in one day. No. So yeah. Oh no, no, that's fine. I just think it's impressive when you know, because we've talked to a lot of different actors and and you know, when you guys say it, it's not like it's just having to learn one dialogue, you know, one page of dialogue. And I'm like, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I have a hard time remembering what I did five minutes before I got on camera, yeah. much less, you know, uh, this, this whole sheet of dialogue, I would be pulling so many things out of my derriere. It would, you know, I, I'm pretty sure halfway through the conversation, I'd go Shakespearean on them. Just, you know, both mother know you weareth her drapes. But anyway. And it is, I mean, I've, I've only had high school drama experience, but even in that, like I was a chorus member, I had to learn songs and choreography and we had six weeks to learn the whole musical like that was mm -hmm. that was a lot that was as a teenager that was hard so the no I want you to learn 11 pages by tomorrow is stupid yeah. <laughs> there's no way that's gonna work yeah that's crazy I mean you'll have like a tv the writers will be writing up until the last minute you have some changes and stuff but not an entire film I mean normally with film the, it's locked. You've got a final script. Maybe we have to do a little tweaks here and there or something, I guess, but for the most part, film's locked. And TV, they have mm -hmm. staff writers, so they keep writing, but you're not getting the entire show that you're going to be shooting in one day the night before and learn it. And of course, some actors have photographic memories and that's no problem for them, but most I think don't. Right. So it takes some skill to be able to do it. And there's, I often have self doubts of like, oh my gosh, tomorrow am I gonna bomb this? And I gonna remember this? And like, and I do fine, but you know. That would so totally be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna suck. Oh, this is gonna suck. All right, so let's talk about uh, the reason why we have you here, pandemic pillow talk. And the whole, the, the whole what we see in the background. Now for me, I'm the old fuddy-duddy here because I got married at the ripe old age of 21 back in 1998. So oh I'm, I'm working on my 25th wedding anniversary here very shortly. 
So I am way out of the loop on this one. I was dating before, like, you know. You know what? Shut up, Kathleen. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yes, I'm glad you said uh, it. But, yes. Um, So... (laughs) You know, way before there's dating, I've never even opened a dating app. I don't know what they look like. I've only heard horror stories from other people about, about, you know, having gone on some of these dates or trying to go on some of these dates and things, or what I've heard from like, you know, comedians as part of their routine for stand up and things like that. So again, I am probably not the the person who's going to watch this and go, oh yeah, I identify with all that because I identified with none of it, but (laughs) This is not the greatest selfie program. And I understand that, but <laughs> I did find the show very entertaining. I did watch all nine episodes. I found it very entertaining, but if you could walk us through your show, talk about how it came to be and what the inspiration for it was because of the title. Okay. Yeah. I would say first, I want to respond to what you were saying is like, I think you don't necessarily have to have done online dating. I mean, most people, unless you married your high school sweetheart and never dated and never had any bad dates, then they can still identify with bad dates, meeting weird people. But even if they can't, then you've got parents. And a lot of us have problems with parents. Maybe they not be, they're not the exact problems that my character goes through on this, this series, but you have parents that are protective or a lot of us now on the computer have tech support parents that are calling us to do tech support for them. Like, <laughs> I think a lot of us resonate with that. Like, oh my gosh, yes. what, I'm having a problem with blah, 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 blah. And then also in the series, we have Zoom snafus, all the stuff that we go through with Zoom of like the arm disappearing into the background and right. where people during quarantine were getting half dressed and things like that. So there's a lot of like various things that people can resonate with. That's not just, well, I only, I would only watch this if I online dated where it came from is it's based on a short film that I did called as in Kevin, that was an award-winning short film that made the the festival circuit. And it's about uh, my character, Mackenzie, she goes into online dating, but this prior to the pandemic. And then during the pandemic, a lot of us creatives were trying to come up with some kind of, how could we shoot this stuff when everything is in lockdown? We're not being able to go out and to film sets and do things and creatively coming up with a concept that could be done while we're still in our pods and still not out and about. Like we, this is shot before we even had vaccines and we were okay. going into people's houses. All the cast and the crew, or sorry, all the crew cast had to film themselves. So we had to get gear for them. They had to do their own microphones. They had to do their own lights. They had to do hair, makeup, set design. They did every single crew position themselves. So it was really a very hard world for independent film at that point because everything had been shut down and we didn't have budgets like Netflix where we're going to have millions and just figure out how to shoot this with our millions, you know? Right. So... Uh, some of my team was where we were trying to come up with ideas. And one of them said, well, why don't you, what about if you wrote something that had to do with dating during the pandemic? And I was like, Ooh, I could do a spinoff from Eds and Kevin. And so I thought I'd take the character of Mackenzie, take her nice. in the that world and put her in the pandemic world. And so I did a lot of research on online dating of what people were going through during the pandemic, because people weren't being able to go out and meet in person. They were doing it through zoom now. Mm -hmm. And like I said, incorporating the Zoom snafus 
and those various things. There's a lot of that in there. Like Eric Roberts is in it and he keeps like disappearing into the background some and we purposely yes, left it like that. So and so the, the title came from me just trying to come up with something to do with the pandemic that was that but that was fun mm-hmm. and sure. um all of the episodes revolve around a title of something with the pandemic now i don't feel like the series is full on all you're watching is like covid related stuff it's just the theme of we're having to do dates through zoom instead of in person so you know some of the stuff we have a little bit of some of some pandemic stuff worked into there but you're not overly inundated with we're watching the no. pandemic happen again no, I didn't. I didn't feel that way when watching it. I, I personally enjoyed the interactions between you and your parents. Uh, in, in there, I thought Eric Roberts was fantastic. <laughs> or, yeah. I'm sorry, Buck. Buck yeah. was fantastic. Buck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gun! That you. killed me. That yeah. killed me. Yeah, She's not in high school anymore. Anyway, they can watch it. I don't need to recite it all for him. Uh, but. <laughs> But see, I, if you had to try to read them. the dialogue, you wouldn't remember it. But no, but once it, I watch it, you know, it. yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so then you'd it's need like somebody to read your lines to you, and then you'd know them. Yeah, then then I you know then I remember it. But uh, no, I thought that th- those were fantastic. Thank I love the fact that no matter how you tried, your parents somehow still got onto your your Zoom calls. <laughs> there was always a way, you. and your mom's like, "I'm trying, I'm trying to call them on this telephone thingy." So, you know, it's yeah. so funny. I was trying to get very creative on how can I, because I really wanted some women worked into this mm-hmm. so that it wasn't just all a dude fest and Fair. trying to work the women things into this for like, how do I get creative so we can have some women roles? And a lot of the women, because we had to do, uh, everybody was in pods, you had to cast multiple actors which was really hard because normally you're just looking for the one that nails it and now not only did we have to have one but we had to have two and they had to be in a pod together and they had to be like you know same household and whatnot for us to be able to cast some of these roles so it made it really hard wow that's really interesting yeah it's it's a fun little show uh i love i love a lot of these um shorts that have come out over the last couple years from different content creators it's you know, especially because, you know, a lot of your episodes, I think the longest one is actually the finale at 15 minutes. A lot of yeah. them are, are ranging from about, from about five and a half minutes to eight and a half minutes. And yeah. they're, they're easy to watch. They're fun to watch. You get in it, you get, you know, you get in, you watch it, you have a few laughs and you're able to, you know, I, for me, I was able to watch this one, go take care of this and come back, you know, you know, watch another mm-hmm. one, go take care of something else, come back. And yeah. so it wasn't like, I felt like there was a huge time commitment, Yeah. but I, but I got, but I got entertainment out of it. And I think Thank that's you. the important thing. So Thank really you. fun. Thank you. Uh, all in all, I think it's 60 rads up to 60 minutes for the whole series. And I've had people that are like, I haven't had time to watch it yet. And I'm like, the episode's five minutes. And, oh, cause I thinking it's like going to be for eternity and they're having sure. to like make the, take the weekend off to watch it or something like that. But right. the interesting thing with all the short stuff is, is there's distributors. There's not many distributors out there that take short content. So it's really crummy for you get into this world of like, well, isn't Netflix taking it or iTunes or, you know, Apple who is taking it. And it's like, you have literally Roku. That's it that I know of. That's like of the majors, like of names, you know, you can, so there's not a lot of platforms for it, which is really a shame in general for short content. Cause it's like, cool. 
<laughs> yeah, I, you know, and honestly, most of these I've, you know, I find most of this type of content on YouTube right now because mm -hmm. that's the easiest form for people to be able to self-publish. It's the easiest form for people to be able to get the content out to people in in this in this format. So, uh, which is where I watched it. I watched it on on the YouTube yeah. channel, and uh, but yeah, that makes it a lot harder for the filmmakers because they have to do all the marketing. Versus right. if you had somebody else that picked it up another platform sure. that they're going to do some marketing. So it's hard from that standpoint. And the press in general, they still haven't caught up to the idea of there's not options for short stuff. So because just because it's on YouTube does not mean it wasn't good enough for Netflix to take it. Netflix doesn't take the stuff. So, you know, it's right. a real disconnect with things in the industry. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, it was hard enough for indie shows to begin with indie projects to begin with and then you have a short indie project and that just makes it even worse yeah but you were talking about the um remote filming and having to film them themselves and people disappearing into their green screens and so i mean that that's been a big learning curve for a lot of content creators through the pandemic so what challenges did you find specifically for your show and new skills that you guys had to develop i mean i know that i had to learn about lighting and microphone placement and making sure that my my little booth is set up and safe and screens don't fall over which yeah. has happened <laughs> yeah it was a huge learning curve i mean all of us had done stuff plenty of stuff before um but this was a whole different world because what we would literally do is get the gear drop it off at the actors houses on the doorstep it was sanitized and the actors would have to set everything up and each day was a new experience. Each actor's learn. It's because they're only in one episode for the most part. I mean, mm -hmm. except for mom and dad, but they're all, or and one other actor, but they're and myself. Okay, so you it's every time you're having to reteach somebody how and you know let's go through this tutorial how to mic yourself, how to set up whatever. So the first initial way that I wrote it is we were just going to film it via Zoom. Mm -hmm. And we were going to be directed via Zoom and great. Then we found out that Zoom has a lag. It, it drops frames yeah, and it's not high enough quality. You can get it at 780, 720p. That's the best you could get it. So mm -hmm. then we were like, okay, what else can we use? And so we went to some other software that really helps. It's really a gaming software, but it requires massive computer and not everybody's going to have that kind of computer. We're not giving right. computers out to all the actors too. We were just giving them whatever. So eventually when we went to iPhones and then there's the challenge of how do we get the audio? Um, how did the directors, we had five different directors. So all of them are having to learn a learning curve here of how do I direct via Zoom? The first episode that we actually shot, we hadn't found this new software yet. So what we were doing is I was having to like get my shots. So you'd have your webcam and then you have your iPhone. That's the camera that's filming the, for the series. And then we got the webcam that's for you to be able to interact and direct. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the iPhone would not be the exact same shot as the webcam. And so then I'd have to like upload footage for the director to even see the shot before, because she couldn't see what I was doing. And the, then you had to have the another phone that was recording your audio. And eventually we got to this other software that allowed us to be able to use. Now we had to have an iPad that controlled the iPhone. And then it allowed the DP and the various crew members that are all on Zoom to be able to see our shot. And um, it, we went through a lot. I mean, Eric Roberts has said time and time again how he was just very impressed that 
we were really trudging through this to figure out how to do it. I'd heard Netflix was doing it, but Netflix was doing it where they had a crew sitting in the van and could help the cast members. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. like us that were like, you don't have anybody near you, like, good luck. So when the cast were having problems with technical issues, they're trying to talk them through it on Zoom instead of, let me just have your lavalier and let me just play with your gear and I'll fix it for you. I mean, I had a problem trying to figure out how to mic myself because they always mic you in these conspic inconspicuous places. And if you have tight clothes or something like that, I don't know how they get it. So it doesn't sound like your clothes are rustling on it, but it it's, it's, there's a lot that you were having to hop in between the lights and the whatever. So I, I think the whole entire process was a whole new thing. And from the standpoint also like not to get too like film geeky or whatever. I don't know how many fans you have of, of that, but normally on a film set, you've got radios and the crew are all talking to each other through the radio with different channels. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have that this time. So everyone's talking on the same channel. So for an actor to have to listen to all this chatter and you can't be in your zone, I can't be focusing on my character. I'm having to fix lights. I'm having to do whatever. And then all of a sudden they'd be like, are you ready to go? And you're like, what? I haven't even said hi to my co-star yet. Like we haven't even had a moment and I have to get right. a new character. So it, everything, it was a huge learning curve for all of it. And we were inventing it. How are we going to make this work? Right. That's really cool. That is yeah, honestly, sorry. that might've been too in depth for you. No, sorry. that's totally cool. <laughs> no, no, that was great. Honestly. Okay. We've always said that a uh, long answers are good answers because we always get a little more information out of them and 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 we get to have a better understanding of things. And frankly, I understand a lot of what you were saying. So oh, so yeah, I'm actually going to go back now and rewatch the series from a different perspective because now I'm going to be paying closer attention to to the recordings and and, and everything else. Awesome. Which you know because honestly, there was no way from watching it. Uh, just on, on the first pass through where anybody would have been able to tell that, that you, you know, you're, you're capturing video from this source, capturing audio from this source. I'm really kind of impressed that that was all filmed on iPhones, to be honest with you. Thank you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, people say. I would not have guessed that. I mean, I've seen the commercials where, you know, Apple's like, Hey, you can make movies with our, with our phones. And I'm like, yeah, nice selling point, dude. Sure. Okay. Um, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I'm an Apple fan. Uh, you know, I'm okay. You know, I'm an I, Android fan. I'm like the weirdo. And I'm always like, well, I could record my audio with my phone because I had I had three phones, a tablet and the web stuff. So I had the most of like anybody, but I'm an Android person. So I was like, I can do this too with my phone. So just just Ditto. saying that for the Android users. Ditto. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Figures. I'm finally outnumbered on one of these things. <laughs> yeah. All right. So... <laughs> No, I mean, I'm an, I'm a life and I shouldn't say a lifelong Apple fan, but I turned into an Apple fan a few years back and just, yep. Sip the Kool-Aid and uh, here, here I am with a MacBook yep. and iPad and iPhone and AirPods all on the same desk while I'm talking to you. So uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you can't be a lifelong fan on something that you're older than. Good point. Good point. Yep. <laughs> if this could go through the screen, Kathleen. That's okay. Just anyway. start making a list. Like, I'm surprised you don't have like a tally card of the number of times you need to slap me when you actually see me in person. Oh, I do. <laughs> don't worry about it. Oh, good. Is it a whiteboard? Because so. <laughs> I approve. Yes, because I I have to keep erasing with the finger and writing on it. But yeah, no, that's a that's a really cool thing though. I you know I've always wanted to see something that I knew was shot off an iPhone, uh, and now that I know that that's what it is, I'm gonna go back and watch it because cool. I 
it's just one of those things. Like, like I said, I saw it on the commercials. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm going to watch this with the whole thought in my head of as seen on TV. So, uh, (laughs) it really does work. Yeah, exactly. So cool. All right. So summer, not everything we do in life is seen by everyone. And there are some, it's nice to have some credits on your IMDb. And there's some things that IMDb can't list that I'm sure that you've done over time. What's a project that you've worked on that you're super proud about, but just needs the opportunity for more people to get to know about it? I mean, there's even projects on IMDb that people still don't know about. So, um, oh, either way, I have a, a short film that I did called The Karma of Happiness. And that one was based on an international best-selling book. And it's about helping people be happy by giving to others first. And I really want to make that into a feature. And it's a, it's a really, it's a rom, uh, it's like a comedy, dramedy, if you will. And that one, it really means a lot to me because it's really, I feel like it's really what the world needs more of that we, a lot of times are just focusing on ourselves instead of thinking of others. And really the thing that helps us be happy is doing for others, which a lot of people get caught in these slumps that they don't think about. Like that's a cure for depression is if you're depressed, you're way too much into yourself. And if you could get out and start, you know, go help the animals or the children or HIV patients or whatever hospital or whatever it is, then that you feel good. I don't know anybody that goes and gives to somebody and goes, God, that sucked. I'm so unhappy. I did that, you know, like, so that's what that project's about. And I wish that that one had gotten more awareness to it so that I could make that feature. I actually wrote the feature for Mark Wahlberg and Jack Black, like roles for them and would love to get them in it, but who wouldn't? Awesome. That'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of the two of them being on screen together. Yeah. Well, That'd be entertaining and the, for sure. the role that Mark Wahlberg would play is he plays God. So it's very much like the Evan Almighty kind of thing like that. It's really funny. It's a comedy. It's a lot more comedic than the short film of it, but yeah, it's pretty funny. Mark God with a Boston accent. I could. hmm. All right. I'll buy it. Uh, You got, he's got to take the shirt off. That's part of it. He's got to have the ripped abs, you know, and right. 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 Oh, darn. (laughs) Captain Kelvin Klein. Yeah. Okay. Yes. There we go. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I remember those days of of the funky bunch. I know that song's so good. Pre, pre Kathleen, but you know, hey, whatever. I'm aware of it. You're aware of it, exactly. <laughs> All right, so that, that was called the Karma of Happiness. Yes. Uh-huh. All right, excellent. I will look for that. Well, thank you. And hopefully, now that you've put it out into the internet, you've said it out loud. Maybe, maybe Marky Mark will find it. Great, Marky Mark, I'm coming for you. <laughs> in you know, what, in fact, possible. when when, well, you know, <laughs> you do you. Uh, <laughs> But when it comes to posting this episode, I'm going to tag him mm-hmm. in it. I'm like, hey, you know, what's the worst? Him and Jack Black, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You know, and if Marky Mark won't take it, then maybe Chris Evans will want it. Yeah. You know, and your mom Chris. would be so happy. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> my, my mom would. I mean, everybody, even Eliza and Eliza Roberts and who plays my mom was like, we got to get Chris. Chris will love this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I think Chris has a really good sense of humor and who wouldn't want to have like a show that revolves around the mom thinks you're so great. Wants to set you. It's funny, you know? So, well, Hey, maybe he can be in the sequel. That's what we would love is that he shows up. We want to do a limited series of it. That's a half hour limited series. 
And I would love Chris to be, I mean, but again, who wouldn't want Chris to be in their right. stuff? So it's a right. stupid statement. <laughs> I would love him. So whatever everybody else. Yeah, I'd be so offended if Chris Evans was, yeah. in, was in something funny. Yeah. God. Oh, darn. Goodness. Yeah. So with everything that you've learned in your career as a writer, as an actress, casting director, producer, what advice would you give to somebody just getting into the industry? Well, it depends on which hat I would be giving the <laughs> advice to because they vary. Um, but uh, so you want to pick one or you want me to just? Uh, let's go with, you know, honestly, let's go with producing. Ah, let's go with the producing okay. hat. Because mm. so I many think, people don't know what that is. Yeah, they don't. I mean, my parents still don't know. And my website, I'm like, my parents still don't know what this is. So you're like in good <laughs> company. They're like, it's really hard. Actually, I went to the Academy Museum and I took a photo just this last weekend. And I took a photo of how they define producing. And I'm like, I'm going to send this whenever somebody doesn't know what a producer is. So that it's like, okay. That's a brilliant plan. So straight from <laughs> what the Academy says. And yes. Thank you. Um, so all, all in all, I would be telling people that want to get into producing that it is very important to follow up. Um, it's hard to network because the big people you will probably want to get to network with, you're not just going to mixers to meet them. So a lot of times you go to these mixers that it's other people that want to also get jobs. So you're mixing with people, everybody that wants to get a job. And sometimes there are people that you match with and then you guys do stuff together. But a big problem is that people don't, they aren't doers, they're talkers. There's a lot of talkers out there. And if you're a doer, you could be a very good producer. And when you meet connections, any kind of connection, even if it's not in, like I love film and TV, but like, for instance, I have contacts like executives at Disney that are music industry contacts. Mm -hmm. I'm not probably ever going to use that, but it's still something that's he's a connection into Disney. He's an executive and you never mm -hmm. know. And a lot of people don't do the follow up. They think that they're they don't know how to do it. They don't know what to do. And they're not genuine. So if it's just kind of like, hi, I'll follow up, but I want to tell you how great I am. Then nine times out of 10, those don't work. And you get tired of it. Like people mm -hmm. that are coming to me of like, hi, I'm going to pitch my script to you. Will you buy it? Or will you do it? You know, and it's just like, it's all about them. One of the big things that I do is that I offer to help other people. So if I meet a connection, like a Netflix contact that I made last year for producing, I said, what can I help you with? And instead of, hi, how can you help me? And right. it's a very different statement. And I mean it genuinely. And you have to go, all right, if I'm going to say that I'm going to do this, mm -hmm. I got to do it. And I can't expect, well, they're going to come back and help me because they may not. So you're doing it with the intention of number one, to help them to ferment that relationship, but not like, mm, I'm just going to go do it so that they then will give you a job at Netflix or something like that. So, right. and then I keep following up with people like that Disney contact I've known for 20 years. And I still, he's just like, I love that you still keep checking in with me and keeping me updated on your career. And it's just so awesome. And, you know, so I have that in my back pocket if I ever needed it, but, but being genuine is it's, it's not just, I think that's part of the problem with our industry and probably the world is people are just out for themselves and not thinking about being genuine, like go into it with, I'm going to, yeah, I want this contact so they can help me one day, but it can't right. be totally selfish that that's, it's very clear when it's all about you, you know, that would be my advice. I don't, 
know if that answered. No, it totally. No, that's great. Great. No, that's honestly a very good answer. I I like the fact that you put yourself out there. You, You throw yourself out on the limb. You're willing to help others. And I personally feel that people who are willing to do that, it does come back around for them because that's remembered far more, at least it is in my world. And I, and I like to think that it's thought about that way in other people's worlds as well, that, you know, if I have somebody who's willing to put themselves out there in that respect, I'm going to think of them first before somebody who's only about the self-promotion, who's mm-hmm. only about, Hey, look at all the cool things I'm doing. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I know a couple people like that. And it just drives me absolutely mad yep. that, you know, it's just like, can you take a breath and talk about something other than you for five seconds? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really smart that you approach it that way. And I think it's even better that not only do you approach it that way, but you follow up your words with actions. I think that's very important. Thank so you. great advice. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Summer, we have one final question for you and we like to call it our silly question. So you can answer this as serious or as silly as you may like. Okay. All right. What did it take you to convince Jesus to use Bluetooth headphones for the finale of Pandemic Pillow Talk? Well, then he could go out on a date with me, man. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. That's a good answer. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that was... (laughs) Honestly, one of my favorite bits. <laughs> the whole oh, Jesus you. thing <laughs> made me laugh. I was like, "Oh, I don't think Jesus ever wore Bluetooth headphones before." Oh, this is kind of interesting. Yeah, so. which that you know, that's a great point because that's one thing we had to do. Like initially, with our, we weren't going to have. We were going to just talk, but then we realized we were going to have problems with the audio. So then we had to like get creative yeah. on, and we don't want everyone wearing the same headphones. Like it looked too much, but we didn't want to buy 500 different kinds of headphones for people, you know, like, right. we were, so that that's a good point. And in the one that you saw with the, one of the episodes with the mom and the son, they had to share one earpiece. Did you see that? In yes. There? She so, kept, she kept peeking in from the side. Yeah. Are you sharing headphones? That's just creepy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Oh, goodness. So thank Summer, you. Yeah. Summer, thank you so much for being on our show with us today. Where can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about your work and what you've got coming up? Well, thank you. Um, well, I'd say pandemicpillowtalk.com is where you go for Pandemic Pillow Talk so you can watch it and find our social. We're mainly on Instagram and we love, we need comments, we need shares, we need likes, we need, we need as many people to know about the project as possible. We just had someone write yesterday and they were like, please make more of these. And we're like, we're not making more unless we get like, <laughs> this gets really widely known and we want to, man. Mm-hmm. So that's for Pandemic Pillow Talk. My website is some smiles, S-U-M smiles.com. And on there, I've got all the various, a lot of the various things that I've done. And right now I've got a feature film that I'm in development on that I wrote and I'm hoping to film. And then I'm looking at doing another film soon that i'm going to be brought on as an actor and also a line producer so awesome so, well we will definitely link both of those websites in our episode description so that our viewers can find that thank you definitely. all right we also want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get 
amazing guests like Summer Moore here uh, to have these great conversations and and for things for you to listen to. And we also want to remind you to go to uh, pandemicpillowtalk.com. Go check out her work there. You can also find it on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to her work there on YouTube as well. Give her some comments on there. Let's help build this thing up. It really is very enjoyable. It's a quick watch through all the episodes and uh, you guys will get uh, your smiles per gallon out of those episodes. So make sure you go check that out. So Summer, thank you so very much for being a guest here on Pop Culture Addicts. Thank you for having me and for watching the show. That's awesome. (laughs) There you go. All right, guys, that's going to be it for us today from Pop Culture Addicts. Have a good one. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for listening to Pop Culture Addicts. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Pop Culture Addicts, you can reach us on either Instagram or Twitter by using the handle at PCA Pod Show. You can also email us at PCA Pod Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2021 Pop Culture Addicts. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of by Pop Culture Addicts or any of its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at PCAPodshow at gmail.com.